0: Welcome everyone to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves digital media content manager. Joined here by Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Uh, Greg, well, well, first of all, welcome to the new microphones. Uh, <laughs> these are nice. Kevin McAlpin and Big Boy both uh, both got to be on these mics before you did. Wow, I feel uh, like Joe Rogan, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what we're yeah we're going for a professional setup here. Yeah. Although I still haven't fixed some of the I'm, as we found out when we were setting this up just now. I'm still I haven't worked out all the bugs, but.
1: We're getting there. Getting high tech.
0: Yeah. I think my voice sounds better on these microphones. At the end of the day, that's all. That's really all I care about. Do (laughs) I sound good? (laughs) Your mic's even gold. That's that's the next step. Microphones made of gold. You know, it's kind of surprising to to me and you, I think, that it took us. as long as it did to have today's guests on and not not for any particular reason other than just uh, it just worked out that way. Uh, Mike Plant, who, of course, if you're a Braves fan, longtime Braves fan, I'm sure you've heard his name, president and CEO of Braves Development Company and Really, I think you even said it at the end when we talked to him, like, we're going to we have to do this again with him because we didn't even touch, like, we, we barely scratched the surface of everything that we mm. could go with him. I mean, he briefly mentioned that he was a speed skater. He was an Olympic speed skater when he was younger, but we didn't really delve into that because we, we had all these questions about the Braves Development Company, the Battery, the Braves, our organization. I mean, all of that. So we're going to have to do it again. But mm. I, I kind of had the same feeling talking with him that I've had when we've sat down with Derek. We've sat down. We sat down with Alex numerous times. Uh, of course, we we had Mr. Sherholtz on a few years ago, and it's the, and even with Snit too. It's that we're we're lucky that we've got the leaders we do. We've got good smart people, good people in place that are leading the charge for us here. And I think we're pretty pretty lucky. And I know. And you get into it a little bit. You and Mike go pretty far back, and he's been a, a big supporter of yours and your program for a while now.
1: Yeah, Mike is the one that I called uh, when I wanted to come to work for the Braves. Wasn't real sure how it was going to work out, but I know I had a, I had an idea that um, I felt like that he was the person I needed to talk to, and Mike and I had met uh, with the TBS event, like I'd said in. In uh, the interview and and so we kind of hit it off because being a former Olympic athlete and then now in business he came from kind of a, a little bit of a sports marketing background and then now was involved with the Goodwill Games and, and then uh, he was the VP of operations at the time was running a lot of things for the Braves and so I, I, we just kind of hit it off and I thought you know what I need to go in and just talk to him and you know I had this idea I think it would really work and so I just called him up and said hey can we Get together and and what was fascinating about that and he talks about it is the fact that he got it right away. Now it took us a little bit of time, took us about six months to you know for him to put it together and really because there was nobody doing it and there was not this like oh yeah this is how you do this and yeah it's worked and and blah blah blah. We had to kind of figure it out as we went and so I loved it and I reported directly to him and we just had a great time putting this together and it just it worked out and of course a lot of things that Mike does does works out right he's he's had an uh, incredible career not only skating and cycling and and being involved with the olympics he was on the board of the ioc for a while but then what he's done here in this organization as you said he's he's now president of the battery and and the story that these guys our leaders have put together that like you said there's not a week that goes by that some sports organization is not coming here to try to duplicate it and to figure out what they've done ground Groundbreaking just model that they put together. It's fascinating. He, he tells a story, so hope hopefully everybody will stick around to check that out because it, it a, it's a great story and it continues to evolve, which yeah. is amazing. It, it, you think it wouldn't get better and it just keeps getting better. It does. Well, I think that's the perfect segue. You set it up perfectly. Let's get right into it. Here he is, Mike Plant. Well, um, hey, uh, Mike, appreciate you being on with us today. This has been a long time coming. Obviously, we've got a pretty long history together, and I was trying to think back, but the first time we met had to be one of the TBS events. Back in the 2000s, when um, when we were still doing spring training trips down there, but uh, we've been working together for a long time, and uh, we've got so much history that I was trying to think where to start. Uh, you know, you have a great you had a great career as an athlete, being in the Olympics, s- speed skating, and then going into cycling, and and then um, I just was trying to think really what. Um, we want to talk about because, I I mean, we could just spend all of our time on that and I don't want to do that because there's been so many fascinating things here with the Braves. And I I wanted to just touch base and, and ask you, could you put in just, I don't know, a short story of what happened in, you know, in the early or mid, you know, t- 2010 to 2015 and how we got here. I, I tell that story all the time because I look out at that model in the lobby and I and I ask people because, you know, I'm I'm entertaining or I have people who have never been here before. and I go, hey, do you know the story on how we got here? And they're like, no, I don't know. And, and so you have you were such an integral part of that. I mean, it all happened in your office. Can you just tell us, just from your perspective, how that happened, and um, and and obviously that takes us to where we are today.
2: Okay, sure. That's better than me talking about wearing tights and going around in circles (laughs) a long time ago, right? So um, yeah, it's been a heck of a journey. Mm -hmm. You know, I I tell people just even recently that I remember just nine short years ago walking this piece of property in my boots and uh, trying to to look forward with a little vision and say, can we can we build a new ballpark and this incredible mixed use destination to drive people here year round. And that was really our goal down at Turner Field. Um, I know Derek and I started in 2003 and realized very quickly that we had an incredible baseball stadium down there, obviously because of the Olympic games and, and the, um, the transition from the Olympic games to Turner Field, great memories, Great history, a lot of incredible performances and that on the field of play. But when you walked outside the gates, there was nothing there but 46 acres of asphalt. And we wanted to create more of a a year-round destination. We tried for eight years. I was in the center and middle of trying with the the recreation authority that owned Turner Field. And unfortunately, couldn't get a two-page MOU signed. Uh, And all the MOU said was, we're gonna take the lead in exploring this opportunity to create a mixed use development around this ballpark. And we won't do anything without obviously collaboration with you, but we're also gonna pay for all of it. And so, um, you know, I made clear to them very early on that no one was going to build something outside our doorstep because without us being part of it. Because done incorrectly, it could have a adverse financial and operational impact to how we how we are successful off the field. So it was really important for us to be the drivers. You know, we got to an impasse, obviously, in 2013, where we realized that we weren't going to be able to create that opportunity for ourselves and do it collaboratively with uh, the rec authority and with the support of the city. We had a time clock, obviously, that was ticking, knowing that 2016 was our last uh, our last season at Turner Field, and had to start quickly exploring other opportunities. Was fortunate that on July 3rd, 2013, I still keep the email uh, on my desk that I told Christina, my assistant, I need to go have lunch with this guy named Tim Lee, and it's at the Marietta Country Club, and um, so clear my calendar. and had that lunch lasted about three, three and a half hours, started talking about ideas for public private partnership to build a new ballpark and and committed to Tim that, um, look, this was not a stalking horse situation for us to leverage the city of Atlanta. We know and knew then where the majority of our fan base came from. We knew then number one reason people didn't come to more games was because of a lot of traffic issues and lack of parking, lack of access and lack of energy outside of that ballpark. So, um, fortunately, that was what really drove our decision. And Tim was one of those few, few government leaders that said, I'm going to think like a businessman. I'm going to think like an entrepreneur. I'm going to take a risk. And I think it's a calculated risk because it's the Atlanta Braves, been around for a long, long time, probably not going anywhere. It's not a tech company that's just a startup. Mm-hmm. And um, he liked the vision we had and he understood that. He was going to have to invest in in um, this venture with us. He was going to invest in the ballpark side, and we were going to bring 100% of the the investment on the mixed use side. And he understood that the mixed use was the driver and the catalyst to help pay for the debt service on uh, on the public side for the ballpark. And in two weeks, you know, we were we were dancing, and uh, it was a it's an incredible story. And I made that commitment to him that we they would not be a Use as a stalking horse. If we could make something work, this is where we're going to come. Also, told him that at the same time, look, we couldn't, ex- we weren't interested in doing public referendums. And the problem with public, we've ref- been there, right? Yeah. And <laughs> the problem, problem with public record, re- you know, referendums mm-hmm. is we as the team can't get past the noise. And mm-hmm. the noise is percolated and, and, and uh, I think intensified by the media. They have a story that they want to tell and they have a narrative they're going to stick to. And that narrative in the past could be supported by public private partnerships on just sports or entertainment venues as standalones. That, that's probably a narrative that, that had some validity to it. What we did here with the battery and the mixed use development is completely different. It's the game changer in this business is what's mm. supporting obviously this incredible result this last year, $38 million mm. of brand new cash that went into Cobb counties in the state of Georgia system. That's it. That doesn't yeah. happen with a standalone
1: facility, that, so. That's amazing. How did you guys keep it so quiet? That's the, I think that's the fascinating part, you know as well, being in real estate. If if you, one person finds out that, then all the prices start to just start escalating and it, and it becomes really hard to put the deal together. How in the world y'all do that?
2: Well, I, I think uh, for me personally, I think back on my career, I've n- never been an individual that has said anything about anything until I could back it up and it was factual mm-hmm. and it was, I knew, Deals were signed. It was something that was going to happen. I see it. You see it happen all the time. People are out there with their big idea mm. or their big contract they think they're going to do. And it's to me, it's a little bit of the kiss of death because it doesn't happen and you look a little foolish. And um, I think everyone in this organization, and there's the, the historical uh, facts are we all believe the same thing. When John Sherholtz is a GM, mm. you don't talk about a player you think you're going to go after. We announce it when we have that player under contract. And it's the same way we all feel about our business. We'll back it up when it's a fact. And I knew it was very important. We were still negotiating with the city of Atlanta. At the same time, we were exploring this opportunity. We knew as an organization was incredibly important to keep it tight um, until we had obviously all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. Look, some people don't understand, don't appreciate the fact that we are an economic driver in this state and in the Southeast. And you don't negotiate in the newspapers, just like you didn't with State Farm and Mercedes and the car plants coming here. Those are economic um, decisions that, that people at a high level make. And it's because of the the, the uh, you know the revenues we're going to generate, the jobs we're going to create, That that's us. We're just a little bit more exposed um, and people are more emotionally attached mm-hmm. to us. And that's mm-hmm. probably the difference with us. We love their emotion as our fans, obviously. But um, now we're able to back it up with what we're generating for this community in the state of georgia as well
0: for sure well seemingly every professional sports team in the united states now if they're looking at building a new facility be it an arena a ballpark a stadium whatever or even teams that have a, a facility that exists but they don't have anything built around it seemingly all of them now look to here as the model and that's not just me as a lifelong Braves guy and now Braves employee saying that, that's you can read mm-hmm. that, that's printed, it's it's on social media. Uh, I remember one of the first years I was up in the press box, one of the first years of this ballpark, I believe it was the first time the Texas Rangers came here to visit and the press guys, the beat guys for the Rangers had all been out in the battery and they were all buzzing when they were back at the press box saying, man, if, this is, if the Rangers can do half of what this is out here, that's really gonna be something. So when you see that and you see all these other teams looking at the model you guys built,
2: I mean, you have to take a lot of pride in that, right? Or how much pride do you take in that? Yeah, I, we all do, obviously. And and I was telling someone the other day, the number now is over 200 teams that have been here. Wow. They, they come almost every week. And uh, we spend time with them enough to, to scare them to understand how difficult <laughs> this is, how challenging this is. And, and I also always say, hey, look, you know, you have to have an incredible amount of guts, resolve, take, be willing to take risk, be able to back it up with a bunch of equity. And that's where Liberty was so fantastic. Our owners of saying, look, we're going to support you guys. We believe in what you're going to do. We're keeping our fingers crossed. The results will be there. The results have have blown everyone away, including myself. I don't think any of us would have ever thought that we'd have 10.1 million people come through here last year. we're already tracking ahead of that for this year. So we definitely are the model. I think every professional and now you're seeing college teams that are starting to talk about mixed use development and people are understanding as, as a professional team, uh, you're, you have some exposure when you're not playing games and um, you're, you're trying to obviously create additional revenue sources, trying to create, again, more energy around that core facility that you've created and no different than in the old days, of the malls. You had to have a big anchor tenant and that's what drove all the smaller tenants You know we're a little bit in the same recipe same formula Um, the ballpark drive is a big driver but everything else we're doing to activate this place year-round is what's also helping
0: well i remember um, when this place was first announced uh, 2013 10 years ago uh, i was still living in my home state of virginia at the time braze fan and the, the news like everybody else came out of nowhere and i was just floored by it and i remember at some point after that when the first renderings came out of Uh, the Battery in particular. And I remember thinking as somebody who had spent a lot of time coming down here to visit Turner Field, I was like, man, that's gonna be so amazing to have that outside the ballpark. And I remember seeing that there were gonna be apartments there and I thought, man, wouldn't that be something to live there and work there? And then fast forward a few years and I have lived here in the Battery and I've worked here for a number of years now. So it's crazy to see how it's all developed. From what that original vision was uh, back 10 years ago to what it's become now, has anything surprised you in the development of the battery? I mean, types of businesses that have worked or that have come in or, or things that didn't
2: work that you had to alter on. I mean, what, what has surprised you in the development of this place? You know, I, I wouldn't say um, surprised, but I'd say that we had a unique ability to pivot because of our ownership and control. And that was something that was really important to us. And I tell every team that comes here now, you don't ever wanna cede control to a bunch of different organizations or entities it's really important for us to be able to look at every one of these tenants and I. They know that we're the driver. They know we're the controlling interest here. They know that those retail tenants, we Mm -hmm. can tell them, look, you're not going to have a problem parking even during games so that your establishment can also do well during our our games and you'll fill the place up. And so um, if you had a bunch of different developers and that were part of your partnership and that their interests aren't 100% aligned with ours, they're very different, especially when you look at the fact that we're here for 30 years. We're not going anywhere. you know, we're not we're not traditional developers. I, I get asked that or people make that comment all the time reminding us we're in a development and real estate business. And I always respond by saying, really, I thought we were in the World Series winning business because <laughs> right. we're not losing sight of that. That's our core mission and everything we do here. But yeah, it's it's again, creating a very unique place, being able to pivot when soft goods retail was our original focus for retail. And all of a sudden in 2014 as we're getting rolling in that, everyone started getting this little brown box at their door every day. And those they deliver them every single day, at least at my house they do. <laughs> and people don't shop the same way they used to. So we pivoted quickly to say, let's go more centric on restaurants and more experiential type of retailers and, and tenants. And that's worked very well for us. So pivoting was important, controlling it, operating it, managing, owning it, all of it. That's, we believe, the recipe that's
1: made it successful. Mm. Well, we've talked about how you know this building got here and, and the battery and, and the formula for, for this but we know that the the driver is what happens out on that field right so right. we could have the be- most beautiful place in the world but if we can't win ball games and we end up being like some of the other cities right who have new ballparks but we hear this internally a lot that we go out and if we do the right things from baseball ops to you know accounting to social media and Alumni relations that, you know, we are supporting everything that those guys do, but ultimately they have to win. And then that makes the whole model work. And so we brought Alex in. You guys brought Alex in and just done a phenomenal job. So that's what we see today. But 13 years ago, you know, I came to your office and said, hey, you know, I've got an idea about doing an alumni program and you very graciously listened to me and we, we started formulating this game plan. And I've talked about this for years. I mean, Ricky and I've been doing this podcast, was that three, four years now? Uh, this is five years Five now. years. I Holy know. Cow. Can you believe so, it? First yeah.
2: time I'm on in
1: five years. <laughs> <laughs> <What> the heck? <laughs> I've been trying. He, <laughs> you know you're right. a busy man, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. 13 years ago, we started talking about what does an alumni program look like? I tell people all the time, Mike told me to, you know, we, I sat in his office and then you told me to call you next week and I called you next week for six months and we finally we finally got it done because there was not, the things we wanted to do, nobody was doing. Right. And so we've, we built something back then that we, I can say after seeing every team, that we have one of the top two or three best alumni programs in baseball, if not the best. And of course this accelerated that because people, guys want to come back, but still we built this back at Turner Field and then the model that we created. And so you were a big, you're the big reason why that happened. And I wanted to say thank you for that because you. of course, I love what I do, and then that led into this podcast. It's led into now growing the game initiative that I'm involved in, a lot of things that we talk about. But if you talk to any of our alumni, they are so appreciative about how we treat them. And, of course, I say that because it goes back to these guys who are playing on the field because, you know, as an athlete, that's only a little part of it. Now that we've been away from our games and now we see what happens behind the scenes, we know that it's just a huge Machine, and so now being a part of this organization, we have so many different facets to our organization that it's it's flat out amazing, and being able to see a part of that. So I just wanted to say thank you for that, and I don't know if you realize. All the stuff that this is kind of turned into and all the different programming, but we're hitting on around 200 events a year and the alumni are involved in everything from community relations to the foundation to ticket sales to group sales to corporate partnerships to this whole grow in the game initiative, which is probably going to end up almost doubling our the amount of appearances that alumni are doing. So they're very integrated in that. So this has been, this has evolved into a lot of things. So, but it wouldn't have happened without you and John. And um, so-
2: Look, you know, I remember that those early days and um, I think it was maybe something I understood from my mm -hmm. Olympic speed skating career. Different for me is I always stayed involved in sport and the Olympic movement and traipsing all over the globe. and. So when my career was was over, wearing tights and going around in a circle, I didn't go sell insurance or become a doctor Mm. or deliver the mail. I stayed involved, and um, so I never lost touch with that. But I look at, obviously, a lot of players in all different sports. When that career is over, there's a wake-up call that they're forgotten. And what you brought to me that day, it was easy for me to understand it. It was more difficult to then say, okay, how are we going to get it up and rolling? But those players that put that Braves uniform on, they um, not only do they deserve our, our respect, I think you and I agreed that if we showed that to them and we treated them in a different, uh, different way, elevated their experience here, there's no way they should have to ask for a ticket. Mm-hmm. Where am I gonna park my car? stop serving them hot dogs when we get them together we started serving them shrimp (laughs) Um, and we understood both of us that that was going to be easier for you then to ask them to give back and now Mm. giving back hundreds of times a year it's uh it has to work for both sides Mm. and i'm uh, i'm proud that it's working really really well and i i hear it from them as well so that's um, great so but hats off to you because it was your passion you know your vision you brought it to us and Great to hear that we're one of the top ones out there now.
1: Yeah, and I talk to teams, I probably consult with two or three teams a year just on how to create an alumni weekend. I mean, we've got 10,000 people out there for an alumni parade during alumni weekend, you know, and now we've got our Hall of Fame uh, that we're involved with and... And uh, on that we've joined up with on alumni weekends, which is really special. So uh, it's been it's come full circle. But we talk about this every week because. Ricky always says, well, hey, what's going on with alumni? You know, what do we have coming up? And then we'll talk about the different events. And And I will say it all started with Spanx. I don't know, you know, it was their 10th year anniversary and that was the first event we ever did. Right. That's right. <laughs> we had about 50 women down uh, at Turner Field and we did a break, it was the very first brave for a day we did, so yeah. it was a lot of fun. That's right, I do remember that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, uh, last question for me. So I'm working, living here. I walk through here every day. So I'm always interested to see what's going on. There's you know, right now there's battle and bruise. There's uh, the, there's some space being worked on in between Italiano, which is my wife and I's favorite place
2: here, by the way. Private uh, there's private dining. That's what we're doing there. Nice, okay. So we have some private dining space now. Okay, yeah. perfect. Well, yeah. then that's 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 where I'll take the wife. Then. Yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, what else? and
0: then of course Truist is putting the big building back here. I mean just because the battery has been here for a few years, this does not mean that it's just up, oh, we're done and that's, that's it. It's what you see is what you get. I mean, what what,
2: are the, what all are you uh, you working on now? The future so of this You place? just mentioned True Securities. So that's a quarter million square foot building, which which will have about a thousand new employees that'll be working on the campus here. Wow. And then next to that is another five story parking deck with a 42,000 square foot trading floor on top of it. So all their global trading, 24 seven, 365 will take place in that new headquarters building, a really highly amenitized building as well. Um, and then we're looking at our partnership with the Henry, and the Henry is uh, is the um, two towers. They end up, end up being about 650 very high end apartments, 250 key hotel on the bottom of tower two, and then condos on top of that. And that's gonna be connected with a bridge that will now fly across Circle 75. Um, no longer the Indy 500, which is what we used to call it, <laughs> uh, between Comcast and, and the Omni, and now it'll, it'll connect the, the Henry project to us. So there's two big projects obviously going on right now, and uh, they'll they'll start taking place um, and take place over the next three years.
0: That's really exciting. Really mm-hmm. exciting.
2: Is that gonna be right next to Murphs? <laughs> Murphs is on the other side of the highway, uh, Yeah, Yeah, I didn't know you said it was connecting. To no, NFL. no, no, so just behind the Omni. I mean, oh, that's small. Okay. Yeah, that small building oh, is, wow, will be wow. demoed okay. in a couple of weeks. We have a groundbreaking oh. on June sixth. Wow! And the Henry One and Two it pays obviously homage to, to Hank, and mm-hmm. they'll be an affiliation with Hank. And Billy's been part of that, so it's really really kind of cool.
1: Wow! Yeah, I mean, I see cranes. And uh, there's always something going on. Lauren Abernathy, who's on our, in our marketing meetings, and we're always asking her, all right, when's this coming? And what's going to happen next? And, and uh, I mean, for, I don't know, it's just there's always something going on. I mean, yeah. you guys have continued to, I mean, it's been, I don't know, you would think that you would, you build it and that's it. But it's just like you're kind of reimagining it. Well, and all the that's time.
2: even as it's built. Now we have four Fortune 500 companies here with Comcast, Truist, Papa John's, TKE. Um, but the um, the activation that that Lauren and her whole team do outside of baseball last year was 426 events. So we're constantly driving people here. Monday night yoga on the green, and concert series, and all the holidays, and. The Cornhole League and um, college football, NFL football, just creating those special concerts, creating those specialty type of events, Mm -hmm. too. And that's why our tenants are so wildly successful. It's good stuff.
1: Well, we appreciate you being on with us today and great catching up. Sorry it's been so long, but. we, uh, we'll have you on again, because we definitely didn't get into everything, especially all the stuff going on with your family. And I know you're proud of your son. He's working with the Angels now. Yep, yep. Um, Different so, type
2: of an A in that uniform. But <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've, but we've, uh, we gave him a little grief, but um, I'm, he's really launched. He, he loves it. He wants to be a GM in this game. So first thing he ever said to Alex when he met him, Alex said, well, what do you want to do in the game, Drew? He said, I want your job one day. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so he's doing well I'm and probably. Nice.
1: Well, you know, I, I guess they're part of the family because Perry, you know, he's the GM out there. For so. sure. Yep. Definitely feel like that they're, um, they're part of our family. So go anyway, for... great seeing you, Mike. Thanks Appreciate guys. It. Thanks, Mike.
2: Enjoyed it. Our th- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting go to your happy
0: place for a happy price go to your happy price
1: price line
0: thanks again to mike plant for joining us here on behind the braves really fun conversation with him by the way the 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 plans for the henry that he mentioned across the street over here it's uh if if you haven't seen it or if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it there's some renderings online and whatnot and it's 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 pretty incredible looking so yeah there's there's much more to come here at the Battery. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty exciting. It's already an exciting place to be, and it continues to get better. So kudos to Mike and mm-hmm. the whole team for, for leading leading us and leading the charge on all of that. Well, you're leading the charge on a number of things. Of course, we've got Alumni Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're in the midst, as we're recording this, we're in the midst of a, a long homestand, nice 10-game homestand. Stands have been packed every night. It's always great to see that. Great energy here. Um, and Alumni Sunday, this Sunday, I believe you got, what, Brett Boone and Johnny Estrada coming this that Sunday? That's
1: correct, yeah. Nice. Couple all stars. I love that. Yeah, I remember Johnny Estrada, two thousand four all star, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brett Boone's first time back. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So we're excited about having him here and being able to see. I don't even know if he's been to the stadium, much less been back. You know, as a Braves alumni, so first timer and uh, just pretty special. You know, I, I Mike touched
0: on this a little bit in the interview, and I know you as an alumni, or as a former player yourself. I know you get this and appreciate this. I've talked about or I've, I've been thinking about this a lot more recently with my dad being a former NASCAR driver. So he got invited last weekend to go to North Wilkesboro, which long story short, for those of you listening, is a track that was in the beginning. NASCAR raced at from the beginning in 1940s, and they raced there every year until 1996. It shut down due to a number of reasons and it pretty much sat there dormant for the last 25, 27 years and then there became this big movement to refurbish it. I mean, Mother Nature was taking it over and uh, started up again and so some money kicked in from the state of North Carolina. They, they got it refurbished in NASCAR for the first time in 27 years. Raced there last weekend. As part of the weekend festivities, my dad got asked to come be on a, a tire side chat, they called it, <laughs> with, uh, and we were, I was kind of, I was kidding him, giving him a hard time because it was literally like Richard Petty, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Bodine, Richard Childress, Darrell Waltrip and Rick Mast. And I was just, you know, I was giving him a hard time. But it was so cool that he was, uh, you know, invited back for somebody like him that's been retired for over 20 years from his sport. I don't know. I'm sure it makes him feel good as it, 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 me as his son. I feel so good that he's still appreciated by the sport and he still gets invited back. And so just for me to you, I appreciate that, that you do that with these guys and that you're bringing these guys back and that you're mixing different guys in for Alumni Sunday. You and your team, you're always, I mean, you mentioned this is Brett's first time back. I mean, you're always trying to get as many alumni here and involved as possible. So just for me to you, I appreciate that. And that's a really nice thing. In addition, the fans get to meet uh, some of their their former or their,
1: their, their heroes from back in the day. So it's really great. I think it's one thing to be able to tell your kids that you played or talk to your friends but when you can talk to another team former teammate and you can kind of get that little bit of feeling back of conversations back in the day or just you know jabbing each other and doing that that's just something you can't do with everybody I mean we all you know you have you have childhood friends right you just there's something different about that and I think the locker room and the team and all the different trials that you go on the success or that you have during a season successes failures that's all wrapped up in a lot of emotion and things that when somebody can share that experience with you and then you can relive that a little bit it is special so I'm glad your dad's getting to do that because that's that's a lot of fun
0: well I I just when he was getting to do that last weekend, and I was seeing the pictures and video and everything that was coming out from it. it, it I've always appreciated what you do, but it gave me that extra appreciation mm-hmm. that I think about it. You know, I'm always so thinking about it from the fans perspective of like, hey, you get to come out and meet this former all star or get an autograph or picture or whatever the event may be. And for the first time or really for the first time thinking about it at length i thought this is a cool thing for the alumni too to get to come back see old teammates get to be around the game a little bit you know some guys stay like you've stayed in the game moved into the front office some guys they quit playing and that's that's it they Mm -hmm. move on to some other form like part of life where they're away from the game and i would think for most of them it's got to be nice to come back and just be around the game
1: just for a day or two well kyle davies was just here this past weekend he had never been to truist park so Now he got to bring his kids and experience what, um, you know, what the Braves have to offer now. And, of course, reliving that. And then being able to share with his, you know, his kids, uh, the moment I think is is pretty special. You know, you don't your kids, sometimes they're not born when you played or they're very, very young and they don't know dad the same way that maybe some of the fans know him. And it's just it's just a cool experience. So I, that's one thing I am proud of that. I, I see the look in the alumni's eyes when they come back and their kids are here. It is something a little bit special. Well, that's awesome. Well, w- let's talk
0: about the future generation of ball players. So you, of course, we've talked about it on here before. You're now heading up growing the game initiative for the Atlanta Braves, and you have seemingly events i'm not saying they're literally every day but man it seems like you got events happening almost every day uh, i know you've got
1: some some pretty cool play ball events coming up but you, uh, i know you wanted to talk about yeah. that a little bit yeah play ball weekend is june june uh, that weekend the 9th i think uh yeah the 9th 10th and 11th so we're doing some activations here at the ballpark but we're also going to be down in auburn and one of the things we're doing is a pitch hit and run and junior home run derby contest on the 8th which is a thursday night and that's going to be a pre to our uh, Braves Country battles that are going to be going. We'll probably have over 100 teams there playing in a travel ball tournament. But we're opening up this special event for the city of Auburn and those people around that area in the um, southern part of uh, Georgia and and, uh, Alabama. You're welcome to come over. We'd love you to register online go to braves.com slash in the game. It's free, right? Yeah, it's free. Mm-hmm. You can see um, you know, you can see the registration for time slots and age groups. Every every person that signs up is going to get a Franklin bat and a ball, a uh, Wiffle ball bat and a ball. And um, I don't think those are the same, right? Wiffle balls is, is different than but Franklin makes something similar to Wiffle Ball, right? But uh, Major League Baseball is gonna be um, they sent us a bunch of those and we're gonna hand them out for everybody that registers. So come out and see us. We're gonna be running the events and then if you win there or if you, if you uh, do really well, you'll have a chance to move on up. And that's something that I did when I was a kid. So I came to Atlanta when I was probably 10 or 12 years old. I can't remember the age. And I competed in the regional pitch, hit, and run, and I won. And then you had to just wait and see if your scores matched up to where whether you got um, – invited to the All-Star game. I didn't get picked um, to go to the All-Star game, but uh, but I do remember that that experience very fondly. It was a great time, and so it's great to be back involved with Pitch, Hit, and Run, and Major League Baseball is a big supporter of that. So we're going to be doing that down there in Auburn on the 8th of June. So hopefully everybody comes out, register online. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Well, that sounds great. We'll head over to Braves.com, check that out, get registered.
0: As Greg said, it's free. It's right there on the website. There's time slots that you can pick from, and that's a really, really cool initiative for baseball and softball young baseball and softball players that's very cool that's right well as always thank you all for listening rating reviewing subscribing behind the braves wherever you get your podcast we very much appreciate it Uh, for greg mcmichael i'm ricky mast we'll see you next week.